Welcome back to the show. Man, we got a wonderful show coming up. We have Josh Silito. He's our certified therapist. He's been on the show before. We had him on back in March talking about some of the anxiety, some of the kind of some of the mental issues that people could be facing at the beginning of this quarantine shutdown. Well, we had him back in the studio talking about if some of his theories were correct uh, and what it's like now since we're kind of coming to the end of this shutdown. Uh, so we had him back in the studio and we talk about all kinds of different things. We follow up on some of the things he talked about before, but he also talks about some new things and he gives a voice to the ones during this shutdown that don't have a voice. But one thing he said that uh, really struck me pretty hard was that our misuse of words right now, our misuse of words is we're using this word all over the place and that's our social distancing we need to have social distancing we're hearing it on the news we're hearing it all over the place but josh said that we should not we should be more social now than ever before and the word we should be using is physical distancing we need to give ourselves that physical distance why this why we open things back up and why we continue to remain healthy but we need to be more social than ever. So last night I was finishing up this editing and I was some pe- uh, some of the fans of Staying in Trouble messaged me on Facebook and we started talking about different things. And one of the guys, this was his first time podcasting. He doesn't know much about podcasting. And I've talked to people out there that it's hard for me to believe that since uh, we've been doing this podcast for almost a year, but I've been listening to podcasts for a long, long time. And it's been around for a while, but maybe some people just aren't very familiar with it. So we encourage all you that are listening to the show, if you're enjoying these episodes, if you're enjoying these interviews, the people that we're bringing on, their different perspectives, things that you're able to grow and learn from, we encourage you to please share this with others. Uh, And the best way to do that is uh, sending them a text, sending them a link, calling them up. And if they're not very familiar with podcasting, let them know how it works. Uh, Let them know that they can find us on iTunes, almost anywhere. If you just Google Staying in Trouble Podcast, all of our broadbands are going to be right there. And you'll be able to go right online and be able to figure out whatever way you like to listen to podcasts and kind of help them out. Explain to them how it all works. But being social, reaching out, and letting people know about the podcast helps us out helps the podcast grow, but also they can get something from it. Uh, These people that we're bringing on are bringing awesome perspectives. They're educating Eric and I, and they're also uh, just a lot of fun to be on, a lot of neat stories. So we appreciate everyone that supports this podcast, that does do this, that shares it with other people. But please don't be scared to share a link on your social medias. Uh, Share a link of your favorite show. If it's one of our past shows, Send it out there. Let people know about it. You know, we want people to listen to all of the different episodes that we have out there. So they're all available. They're all on iTunes. You can go check it out. They're also all on Podbean. If you want to download that app or go onto their website, you can always check them out at Staying in Trouble at Podbean.com. So we hope you enjoy this episode. We hope you get a lot out of it. We appreciate you listening, and we hope to see you next time. 
Sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust. And when you're up, it's never as good as it seems. And when you're down, you never think you're going to be up again. But life goes on. Remember that. Money isn't real, George. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. All right. Welcome to another episode of Staying in Trouble with Adam Short and Eric Humes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back in the studio. I love it, dude. I love it. This we're is getting better hard. every time. Yeah. yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. And today in the studio, we have back again a certified therapist, Josh Silito. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Thanks dude. for inviting me. One of our favorite guests. I, I'll, I got a lot of feedback when Josh was on first uh, the first time. So I'm hoping my audio is better and and uh, I can learn to shut up when Josh is talking. So <laughs> I, I, I think last time you... Uh, you were you, gone. You were on a phone. I was remoting in. Yes. Yeah, you were remote, remoting in. We can hear the turn signal in the background, <laughs> some of the noise. But no, but it, we're really happy to have you back in the studio. You know, last time he was here, it was it was an awesome visit with him. I felt like we owed him money, like we had a session right here in the studio. Yeah. I, I felt like I was listening to your session. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe this guy's my friend. Yeah. He needs some help. <laughs> yeah, that's he, well, he's really opening up for Josh. Wow, oh, easy. It's not that kind of podcast, Adam. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be confidential when you're, uh, you know, sitting on the on the couch. So, but anyways, yeah, and we're coming at you live on YouTube. So if you tune in, I this is going to be recorded later, right? Yeah, so our podcast will be recorded later. This will be well, up for, of course, if you want to watch it on YouTube, this will be for rebroadcast. But right now, we're currently live uh, coming to you. We've got a couple of viewers already online, actually. So we're looking. So Sweet. Our viewers, we're grateful for you. Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys have any questions, if you are on YouTube, feel free to chat in. If you have questions for Josh, feel free to send us a question and, and we'll ask it and and they can get instant feedback from uh, a certified professional. Yeah, yeah. And send your checks too. No, just <laughs> you don't have to send any checks. Well, you could if you want. Venmo, to. Venmo. Nobody Venmo. uses checks. No one uses checks. I apologize for those. <laughs> a few people were like, "Checks? What are those?" Uh, yeah, checks. check the box. Yeah, check. checks. What checks are done. Do? Check yeah. the box for your mailing ballot. So I add milk to my checks. <laughs> All right, bad jokes, <laughs> bad jokes. All right, we're done. I liked we're it, done. I liked it. All right, well, last time we had you in here, Josh, we, uh, this, it, was, it wasn't pre-COVA, but it was at the beginning of this entire quarantine. It was back in March, and uh, we were facing this brand new challenge that we had, and now we're towards the end of it. You know, the governor's slowly opening things up. People are coming outside. I think people got sick of staying inside, so they're coming outside anyways. And uh, we're kind of slowly the country's getting back to normal. And that first uh, episode, we talked a lot about, you know, uh, some of your fears of anxiety and depression that staying at home could really cause and some of the challenges. And you gave a lot of great advice on how to overcome those challenges and be able to do things in your own home to be able to make it a better place, even rearranging your furniture, changing things up, you know, uh, doing some of those. So since then, and uh, talking to your clients, talking to your people, like, did our expectations, were they low? Were they high? Did, you know, I mean, like, you know, 
this is kind of a, a report back after the whole event. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to share a few things. So one is, um, you know, I had some individuals that they were, this was like their worst case scenario of like being stuck in the home, being with their family all the time because maybe they have um, difficulty in that relationship setting and not being able to have that outlet. Mm -hmm. So for some individuals, it's actually gotten a lot worse. It really has. Like it has been a struggle. Um, it has been very difficult. Increase of anxiety, increase of depression. Um, very, yeah, just more difficulty in being able to cope with something that they were able to cope with before. Mm -hmm. I also want to give the reverse side of it too. There are other individuals that were nervous about the quarantine and <laughs> it turns out that's probably one of the best things that has happened to them. Reason being is it was a time, it became a time of reflection and renewal for them. Mm -hmm. They took advantage of that time and they actually found ways to connect in their, in their family life that they had never done before. And it took some creativity, it took some courage, some vulnerability, wow. but they have seen some really positive results with that. So I've seen a wide range on all, all sides of the spectrum. And so I guess the main point that I wanna share with that is that each person's experience of COVID-19 and the quarantine is very much individual. It's very personal. Yes, as a community, there are certain patterns and there are certain things that have affected us together. Um, but your experience is valid, whatever it is. Like, if you've grown closer to your family, then that's your experience and yeah. take time to be grateful for it. If your experience hasn't been that, um, please reach out, seek help. Um, there's, there's people that are out there that want to help and support you even if it is through, say, like a telehealth online conversation, through a phone call, through social media, if you can contact a family member or friend. Um, but there is help, reach out. Your, your experience is individual and it's valid. I think the, the number one question a lot of people have on their minds is, and uh, so this is just a stab in the dark on, on estimates, is uh, people are anticipating an increase in divorce. What's your what's your opinion? Ooh, that's <clears throat> that's a good question. Very good question. I'm actually anticipating an increase of babies. <laughs> actually, I, I'm just saying the survey says that they're actually <laughs> like a lot of it, our uh, our demographic is anticipating an increase in divorce. Actually, versus, and I think it may be where you and I are at in life, where we're in midlife, and as opposed to maybe a young couple that yeah might be an increase for a baby like they may have been holding off on a baby and they're like we got 60 days to yeah. figure some things out so so josh what, what i mean coming from a professional standpoint like you have to deal with all these different variables mentally which isn't always so black and white so i think you know a lot of people are going you know what not only am i stir crazy but there's someone else in my house um and they're like i'm tired of I'm tired of this person stalking me, trying to talk to me all the time. So <laughs> I, I agree completely with that. Um, how many marriages or relationships have been emotionally dead already? And then the question is, 
will this crisis, will this, what we're going through right now, will that actually finish the divorce that was already in place emotionally and mentally? Yeah. Or is this a wake up call for people to actually say, no, like we actually got to do something about it. So yes, um, I would say if it was my guess, I, I would say that there would be more divorces. I would say that they probably already divorced mentally and emotionally before that point, but this creates the pressure cooker. That and, and that's what I'm telling people too. They're like, well, you know, soup plantation went out of business. Uh, sweet tomatoes is out of business, you know, and the palms went under. Well, the palms has actually been dying already. And I think it's just a, you know, if it's true here, I call it a truism. If it's true here, then it's true here, then it's true here. Meaning, you know, and so I think for a lot of people, the coronavirus and whether it was that virus or what were the pandemic is a greater, you know, force behind it is, I call it the quickening right mm -hmm. if your marriage was in was in in dire you know was in dire straits before it's just a quickening it's like fast forward yeah. okay now we know yep and so same thing with businesses uh we've been struggling for a while there we go uh people are like hey i'm struggling i've read you know one one foot in i'm i've been ready to go for a while there they go yeah well, it's the same thing. How they're counting up the deaths from from COVID nineteen. Yeah, I saw one meme. It's like, well, you hear the guy that was uh, died of COVID. Wait, how did it go? Like he, the guy who had a shark attack died from COVID nineteen. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it, if it, there was already a problem, and then they just chalk it up to this pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, um, so maybe their marriages were headed down that path. Anyways, this was just the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, I would say I, I agree with your assessment, both of you, which is, yeah, it, it just quickened everything, right? Sifting process. I hate to say it that way, but that's kind of the reality. At the same time, I've also seen how um, because of what's going on, maybe there's a change, you know, may, maybe someone lost their job. And it's like, what do we do now? And I've seen some couples actually come together and be like, all right, we're in this together. Like, let's weather this storm. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing this actually as an opportunity to get out of that employment that they had previously to be like, actually, there's something more out there. There's something better for us. And, and so if we can see this as an opportunity, as a springboard to something better, that's, that's the way to look at it. Um, but yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be some relationships that split after this. Well, there's you end. know, and there's def definitely a, a silver lining in all of this. Where sometimes it takes an event like this to cause a change of path. Like I mean, if we never had this pandemic and people are in autopilot and their marriage isn't doing that well or their relationships isn't doing that well and they're in autopilot and they're just moving along, they could have been doing that for years to come. But then an interruption in that. Day, mundane day-to-day -day activities is what caused them to realize I need to make a change. I need to fix what I have or I need to let go and start something fresh over here. And this, this pandemic was sometimes that, you know, there are people's out and same thing in employment mm -hmm. and in everything else is all of a sudden they get laid off. They were too scared to quit before, but now they're, now they're forced into unemployment. Now they're out there 
then they got to go make moves. And then sometimes those moves will be 10 times better than what they had before. Exactly. And yeah, and I think too, like what you talked about, like, you know, talking about divorce is kind of like watching the train wreck or if you're in NASCAR that's starting up, everybody like, oh, there goes a huge crash, big fiery crash. I was there, I saw it. But on the other side is like real NASCAR fans, they actually like to see what's going on in the pit, right? Because they want to see the team cohesion. And I think something that you touched on earlier is I think a lot of families have learned like we we get so busy, and I think that's what you were alluding to, Adam. Is like we get so busy, you know. I know so fam- so many families that are so involved with sports that they like. Okay, we have this schedule. We've got you know all three kids, two kids, one kid. We've got you know playing so many sports or activities. We've got recitals. We've got this. We got that. And so sometimes you know it felt like a rat race. I think a lot of people are through the pandemic i think the silver lining is they're like hey this is what we really enjoy this actually you know like for our own family something that we've uh instituted and i kid because we we play games with josh is and dominate and um (laughs) is you know we started having a family member pick a game every night and play it as a family and it's been like that's like one activity that we really enjoy and we play a game that we probably, you know, someone may not want to play. And so it's a good activity to say, hey, you know what? I don't really want to play this, but I really want to play it with you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and and so, you know, it helps teach that lesson that, you know, it's not always what we're doing, it's who we're doing it with that made it fun and worthwhile. It's crystallizing our values, what, what yeah. means most to us. And, yeah. And, our goals flow from those values, from what means most to us. And so, yeah, this time is a time of unburdening. It's a time of simplifying and eliminating those things that have been dragging us down for so long. If you want to use, use an analogy, it's kind of like a, a ship that's going, picking a direction, destination, and there's been all these barnacles on on the bottom hole of the ship that has has been weighing it down and and it's been creating drag it's slowing it down mm-hmm. and from where it wants to go where it needs to go and so hey we're taking these off like and we're kind of forced to we're we're forced to say all right let's figure out what's most important because everything else is kind of chaotic let's let's come together mm-hmm. and, and it's kind of a good feeling to know that Man, I, I don't know how else to say it, but like when the rest of the world is kind of suffering, it's easier for you to suffer. Does that make any sense? Like, I mean, I remember there's times where where I may be going through something and the first feeling that comes to my mind is I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only mm-hmm. one suffering from this, even though that's a fallacy and there's plenty of people out there. But then when everyone's going through it together, you kind of feel like this kind of a community. If you get laid off during times that are great, you may feel like I'm the only one losing my job. I'm the only one going through divorce right now. I'm the only one suffering. But then in this pandemic, you're not the only one. There's thousands of people across the nation that are going through the exact same thing that you are. So you, it kind of feels better if that's the right thing. I think comforted. I yeah, think you feel comforted. you're more comforted. Thank you, Eric. Because I, I felt that I felt that way my own self 
normally I'm a, like a super confident person. And, and in those first couple, you know, days or, or that first week, I felt schizophrenic. I felt like, dude, I think, I think this all might, you know, might come crumbling down on us. And then I was like, the next day I was like, oh dude, this is going to be great. We're going to boom. We're going to bounce. We're going to make it happen. And then the next day is like, oh man, uh, all right. Do I have enough toilet paper? Do I have enough? <laughs> how much meat do we have? Like, okay, how much, all right, how much weight could I lose if I stop eating now? Right. And you know, what can we cut out of our budget? And, and then it turns into, uh, no, the sun's out. It's a hundred degrees. Um, and I think everyone's starting to feel that there was something I was talking to my, my brother in Texas and he's like, Eric, there's so much pent up demand. And I was like, well, I hope so. That's what we all hope, like on a half hope. And, you know, driving, you know, driving today, man, traffic has like tripled and it's not even like full fledged. And I'm like, oh, I remember when I used to drive across town in like 18 <laughs> Two minutes. Yeah. 18 minutes. I could be across. I could be all the way to Centennial Hills. And tonight, you know, I'm like, oh, right on the verge of five o'clock traffic, you know. And it was late to start the the podcast tonight because I was traveling from literally from Centennial Hills, Providence to here. And I'm like, oh, now I remember the con of having everyone start and bounce back, you know. And we went to the lake the other day and literally like it was almost like a drive in theater. There's like slots for every single person <laughs> at the lake. And I'm like, uh, I think everyone is ready to bounce back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And like you said, it's a comforting feeling when we're all in it as a group. Yeah. I think, yeah. well, I mean, you could tell us, Josh, when it comes to group therapy compared to individual therapy, the group therapy, I would imagine to be a, a much better atmosphere when everyone's working together, everyone's sharing their, you know, their problems. And I think that's how we're going through this pandemic. We're all in this together. Every time you turn on the TV, there's someone doing the exact same thing you're doing. They're on a Zoom or they're, or they're just trying to get through. Their, their hair is all messed up. You know, <laughs> I mean, like we're all going through this together. And it, it's just a very comforting feeling. It is. It is. I, yeah, I, this is unique. It's unique in that way. Like you were saying before, how uh, it might be if we get laid off, we were laid off because we were, that was us. That was, yeah. you know, something happened and no one else is understanding what we're going through. I do want to point out also kind of the unheard voices of the pandemic, um, which is there has been an increase of child abuse. And, and that in those moments, it's hard to think about um, you know, how can we help them, right? The resources have diminished in some ways because of the social distancing, because of, um, you know, lack of staff members. Um, like if someone calls CPS, it's, 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 it's not enough help to be able to help everyone. And so I do want to just say that, that, you know, if there are people that you know that just need help, like, talk to them, get them help, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, but just know that there are some unheard voices that may not be feeling I, that connection. So that, how do, how, how do we, yeah, without like, so for my wife and I, child abuse is a sensitive subject. We, we love children. And so, but when you're saying that, I'm like, I don't even know how to talk about that. Like, 
you know, you know, the plumber over here talks about being a knuckle dragger all the time. <laughs> and we, you know, we kid about that. But when you talk about child abuse, I feel like whatever is below knuckle dragger, because I feel like I feel like incompetent on how to have a discussion. Like, I, I don't even know what to say if if I knew someone or if someone's like, hey, Eric, you know what? We have some issues in our house. I don't even know what to say or how we could help. So is there some resources that you could um, be a little bit more specific? Like, you know, is there a hotline? Is there, um, you know, is there a social worker or a social service that's willing to come out to a house and maybe, well, and even further down the, the investment chain is, is why weren't those behaviors stopped before? So what could people do? Because I think a lot of times right now in this pa pandemic is people are figuring out. We were talking about, I have, I've had some friends who said, you know what, I'm furloughed and this is not what I want to do in life. So I want to find a, a new career. I've had a lot of conversations like that. And I, I think in the same way, I would think if there was someone, either domestic abuse or child abuse, same thing, that this is kind of a reset button in a little way. So can you be a little bit more specific, like what resources are out there? Like what hope is out there for those, uh, for those situations? Great question, great question. Let me put it this way first and then share a few of those things, which is one of the first lines of defense outside of the immediate family or family connection is actually at the schools. Like the schools have access to the kids for a certain amount of time. And mm -hmm. so if it's a school counselor, if it's a teacher, if someone suspects something, they're able to access some of those resources. Oh, yeah. But now that's eliminated. We're not, yeah, yeah, we're not in school. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're on online school, but you can't, you can't see anything. You can't... They're, well, that not stuff's the, not going to be divulged. No. Yeah, not all the kids have access to the Zoom meetings. And there's things that, you know, you only see the face. And so you have no idea. And I know a lot of times teachers are like, no, Billy, you can't fall down that much. What's really, you know, and they can intercede. Yeah. So so yeah. the first line, that is really scary to think about that first line of defense already being down. Mm -hmm. What what are, What's another step that, you know, if someone suspects, uh, you know, what would be the next step? Like if, if I suspected, you know, cause Adam's neighbor has called me a couple of times, you know, with his kids out on the lawn, he's like, eh, do I need to call CPS? Is CPS a, a, a call CPS? Dude, that's free babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with the good time. Eric. <laughs> is CPS legitimate? Is that a, I don't mean is, to joke is that last that. Def, Is that the last defense mid? Is that a mid, is that a midfielder? Who is that person? It depends on the situation. It really does. So uh, depending on the situation, you might need to just go straight to CPS and they, depending on, you know, the description and what might be going on, what are the resources, what's happening? Um, they'll send someone over to talk to them, to investigate, to ask some questions, things like that. So that is always a resource for anyone. Um, that comes into play, especially with me, with, with counseling, you know, if someone's yeah. under, you know, 18 years old, then there's a mandate for me to protect children. And, and so, but that mandate is not necessarily placed upon someone else, but as a good citizen, I think it's important to be aware of that. 
Um, the other thing is, is it's, it's hard in this type of situation, especially if we have a stay at home order, right? We've been, yeah. we've been quarantined. Yeah. That, so it makes it even challenge. more, more difficult yeah. part. So if you suspect something, say something, um, talk, you can even, you can even talk to someone to get some advice. So talk to CPS and you can actually discuss with them and say, what would be some of the other avenues that we can take? Like I'm, the, I'm their neighbor or whatever yeah. it is like, mm-hmm. and they also have suggestions that you can go with. Um, but from my perspective, what I'm preparing in my mind for is I'm preparing for at least my part as a therapist of doing the healing and protection part after the quarantine. Now, yes, we want to mitigate it and we want to stop it from happening. That's, that's the first thing. It's very difficult here in the quarantine because we are not out relating with people like we were before. Yeah. We're not having close contact with them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for heaven's sakes, uh, we're not even going to church right now. Yeah. I mean, so you, you have church leaders, you have sports coaches, you have all of these people that are all your lines of defense that can, that, uh, and, uh, and a lot of sports organizations train these coaches to what to look for what to look for in abuse and behaviors and stuff like that. I took those classes with Little League a lot so I can see that when I'm out there coaching these kids. Mm-hmm. So, but now, like you said, it is hard. That it's all it's gone so now. I mean, the, the coaching's not happening, church isn't happening, schools isn't happening. So if you have a family that's more of an introverted type family that this quarantine, they're just locked in, their kids aren't even outside playing at this moment, and they're taking this serious and they are in their homes. Man, dude, that, that, that is such a scary thought, Josh, that I, I can't just wrap my head around that well, what a lot of kids are going through right now and there's not there's no escape. Well, so Josh, if, if I am a neighbor or an aunt, an uncle, if I'm an, an adult and I suspect another ad- adult is perpetrating that abuse, can you walk us through, like, what are, like, Adam and I are, are big enough guys. Like, I think the situation is a little bit different from us, but and not, and I say that in a prideful way, it's just, you know, I think we are used to having, we can go in and have a strong conversation. Like if it was me, I would have a strong conversation with that person, whether it be the mother or the, the, the father. Mm-hmm. But for most people, you know, you, in our society these days, most people are used to calling a third party. Would you recommend, should we confront that person? Should we talk to them? Should, should we let them know that they're, they're, we think they're crossing a line? Should we get, or does that just tip them off and you know make them want to hide it more? I think you definitely have to have your ducks in a row. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like if you're gonna, if you're gonna, blame someone for something like that i mean you better be careful and size doesn't matter i mean they, if, if that person is armed or anything like that on the other side i mean you don't know what behavior as light as you are i you're don't know man fleet I, on your feet <laughs> i i can't give advice on either side of that okay. just because it it depends on the person the situation that's your own decision if you're going to confront someone on that mm-hmm. like that's a that's a personal decision um, accepting the, the risks well, have you that seen, could come from Like, it. have you seen people confront the situation? Like, just give a statistic. Like, is that a good thing to do? Or leave it to the professionals. 
Like what, like which one is better? Because I'm sure that people have that conundrum all the time. They're like, you know what? I think Billy showed up with too many bruises. Like I saw Billy and he is not a happy child. Like, you know, he looks depressed and I, you know, and I know that maybe things didn't have, you know, like, you know, especially if your neighbors, depending on how close you live, sometimes you hear some of the abuse, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like to help that person out. Like, I think it would be a struggle. I, I, you know, I've voiced even talking about the issue. I feel un, uh, you know, unequipped, but then getting to this question of, you know, I can sit here and say, Oh yeah, I would definitely go confront them because you know, I'm quick with my tongue and you know, and I'm light and you know, I'm larger in stature, but you know, what Adam said is that's not always the, the quick route. And I think that a lot of people are like, you know, well, if I call CPS, well then, you know, Joe Bob will know it was me. Right. Even though that there's probably six, 10 neighbors around everybody, like as soon as you dial that phone number, you're like, well, they'll say, Hey, you know, Adam called Adam short, your neighbor right there called. And he said that you're, you're beating your kid again, you know, and you're, and then, you know, he's like, I would never do that. Right. And then now you've got a relationship problem on top of whether or not they were able to catch the abuse. And I think, mm-hmm. and I would just say like, because it doesn't happen that often, I don't know how much trust people put in the system. Yeah. Yeah. It, this situation is not easy. Like it really isn't. And, um, if you were to talk to that individual, they'd know that it was you either way right yeah now you can put anonymous things too you can um you know not disclose your name and you can just give the information to cps um now now this is i think the important part is um if you can have a relationship right even like the ideal situation is before the quarantine if you can have a relationship with that family in some way Mm -hmm to where you are seen and viewed as a safe person, that is probably the most important thing because they, that's what they're looking for. Whatever age they are, they are, they're looking for some adult figure who is safe. And so what, how does the the phrase go? Um, You know, it's, it's better to have planted a tree 20 years ago. Uh, the second best time is to plant one now. And so you can reach out, even if it's not in physical terms, you can connect with certain families. You can reach out. You can ask how they're doing. If you are in a church or something like that and you're kind of over the youth, um, you know, there's, there's ways to safely um, make sure that they know that you're a safe person and that if they need anything, if they need help, that they can turn to you for that source. I think that's probably one of the most important things. Well, I got a story that this happened to us. It wasn't during the quarantine, and this was quite a few years ago. Uh, my daughter was texting one of her friends, and she lived around the corner. And they were texting back and forth. And my daughter noticed that she was kind of saying things in her text messages that weren't right. And finally, she came out in her text message that says, I'm going to kill myself tonight. My daughter comes running into our room. We're, my wife and I are in bed. I think I was even asleep, and we're just laying there, and she comes in panicking, crying, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to respond. 
shows my wife the text messages. My wife and I made a decision at that moment to go over to the house. Before we went up to the house, we decided to call the police. And we told them what was, what was happening. We have a text message, proof that she said this. The daughter is in her room. We don't know if the parents are there, if they were asleep in their room. This was kind of late at night. My goal was to knock on the door and just at least wake up the parents. And the, I was very nervous of doing this. But the thing that, that that's, that's so scary. It, it is scary. And what, what helped me make the decision was if this little girl was serious and really serious about taking her life, I would have felt so horrible if I didn't do anything, if I did absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, so I just went up to the door. First, I called the police and said, listen, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. We told them we got the text message. I'm standing in front of the house. Here's the address to the house. This is where we're at. I'm approaching the door right now. I am going to knock on the door and try to wake up the parents, show the parents the text message, this and that. But I want you guys coming. I don't know what's going on here at all. Right. The house is dark. So I went up and I knocked. No answer. Knocked again. No answer. We tried to text her. No answer. Knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked. No answer. Finally, the police show up, and then I backed off. I went across the street and let the police do their business, and and we showed them the text message. We showed them everything we had. We just made that decision. Finding out that she was not, no one was at home. She was at her grandmother's house, and they were able to talk to her. They were able to call her parents, and nothing really bad happened in the situation. The, The girl needed help, and I hopefully she got help, but she was seeking attention that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we were able to let our parents know what was going on this and that, but that was a scary moment. Me walking up to this dark house, not knowing what was going on inside, if I was making that right decision. But I knew that at the end of the day, if something happened, at least I did everything in my own power that I can do. So when you're in that situation, yeah. what my suggestion is, is like, I just went after my gut feeling that I had to do that, but I involved the authorities. I wasn't going to do perfect. it. I wasn't going to yeah. do it alone. I told them what I was doing to kind of not just cover me, but if something bad happened, they were on their way. I, I, I wasn't alone. So if I had to run, I knew they were coming around the corner or anything like that. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're at that moment, dude, hundreds of scenarios are playing in your head. You have no idea what can happen. But at the same time, we took that text message serious because even if the girl was like just seeking attention, which that's what it ended up being, you never know. You have to take it serious. So if you're in that, you just got to make sure that you have your information right, you know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and and that's another way, even if a family is inverted or introverted like that and they're in their home, if your kids are texting, I mean, you know. Or ch- Snapchatting. Or, or, or whatever they're doing, you can yeah. get evidence through that way. Mm-hmm. The, how yeah. they're texting, the words that they're saying, and you can really look at that and say, hey, this sounds like a cry for help. This sounds something serious. We need to do something. And just going over and visit, finding another reason to go over there. Yeah. Hey, we brought you your mail. Here's your mail. How's everything going? You guys doing all right in here? You guys got plenty of food? You're good, you know? Those kind of things could go a long way. Just being neighborly, like you said, Mm -hmm. Josh. I'm glad you brought up that story because that, yeah, you do need to trust your gut on these things. Like you, and then you, involve the authorities in some way or another um, and just take those steps to help protect and help 
look after someone. So not only child abuse, and by the way, there are shelters, right? There, there are, there are safe adults that you can reach out to, um, that the children can reach out to, but it is scary. It's, if it's an abusive relationship, the fear and the shame and the guilt is, um, it, it's paralyzing. So, but I do want to bring up also suicide as well, that that, especially being in quarantine, um, there is, yeah, there's higher levels of, uh, people calling suicide hotline. Like this is, if you think about it, what, what do we need as human beings? Like I, I have a hugs. Yeah. I have a three month old right now. She is beautiful. So much fun. Thanks for bringing pictures in to brag about her. (laughs) We're like, Oh, we remember those days, (laughs) (laughs) little diapers, big smiles. Those are the best, but she, she needs to be held. She needs to be touched. She needs to be talked to. Like she needs to have this human interaction Mm-hmm. and to feel safe and secure and and when they get scared or nervous like you know she has a safe secure relationship attachment to turn to we can't physically touch each other right now like maybe within your own home mm-hmm. but and and think about maybe when things were were tough you know maybe there are things that happened in our childhood where we were stressed out where we felt overwhelmed you know, what, what did we do? Oftentimes there was some sort of outlet. Yeah. Like if you had a sport or something, mm-hmm. you could go do that. Yeah. You had friends, you could get away, you could hang out, you could skateboard. Or the gym. Or the gym. You <laughs> could go to the gym. Dude. You, you have all these connections, right? You can get a hug from someone. Like, mm-hmm. like all those things were taken away at some, at some level or another. Yeah. And depending where you live now, they still may not be still may not be accessible yeah and so then what do you do with all of these human needs right it turns it starts call josh (laughs) it starts numbers (laughs) 866-555-12 josh it's close yeah it's it's around there yeah it turns it yeah it turns it really no no. it's not (laughs) it's it turns into anxiety depression it it turns into having panic attacks. Like it turns into anhedonia where you feel a disinterest in things that were once pleasurable. It turns into escapism and numbing where you spend all day on technology because you can't deal with the internal emotional pain that's going on. So yeah, mental health is particularly of a priority. And that's the thing is social distancing, I think is inaccurate. I I know to, to bring that up it should be termed physical distancing. We should become more social now than we ever have before. And in some ways people have taken that on and reached out to people. I'll be at Costco tomorrow. If anybody would like to be uh, social socialized, I will probably go to Costco. Maybe I'm trying to go there Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. So, um, no, there, you know, I have friends that were in the Mandalay Bay um, tragedy and I know firsthand, I know one of the biggest comforts were those comfort blankets where it feels like the blankets giving you a hug. And you know, those friends actually testified. They're like, no, it actually makes a difference. You know, you talk about that, that three month old, 
and her feeling, you know, safe and secure as a baby, you know, in, in a way, and we're talking about the unheard voices, you know, whether it be a child or a spouse and same thing, that's what our homes are supposed to be. Our homes are supposed to be safe and secure and then to be quarantined in, in, in a prison, I, I'm just can't imagine the nightmare. And, uh, and so, you know, yeah, uh, I've never been a fan of social distancing, you know, being truly social distance from people for, is for me is like being in, um, what do you call it in prison when you're by yourself? Uh, isolation. Confine, isolation. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, that, that, that was a rough, you know, first week. So of <laughs> you were there. No, just <laughs> <laughs> felt like it. Adam, Adam, it felt like it. Uh, for someone like me. Yeah. I was like, open Costco back up. I need my turn. Everyone's like, Oh, these lines at Costco are horrible. I thoroughly enjoyed the lines at Costco. It was just like going to an amusement park for me. Well, it, it, <laughs> you know, this whole thing taught us, I think, a lot of lessons. First, it taught us that technology is great, and, and I love it as much as the next person, but relying solely on technology for communication from human to human is, is wearing on humanity, I feel. Second thing we learned is, we can't really trust a lot of information out there. <laughs> and, but hopefully that we come out of this valuing social interaction and how much we need human to human, not just touch, but talking, communicating, and being being more of a country, closer as neighbors, as a country, and everything else. That was one of the silver linings of 9-11 is how patriotic the entire country became. There was flags everywhere and we became very united and every sporting event, if it, it, it felt like a Bruce Springsteen concert where everyone just is or, hugging. Or and a stuff. Lee Greenwood concert. Yeah, there we go. Las but, Vegas native. But, <laughs> but hopefully we come out of this wanting to be closer together, being kind. That's my biggest fear in continuing social distancing, continuing the mask, continuing this kind of stuff is it's really put in a wedge where we look at each person as a potential COVID-19 carrier and we have to stay away from them and don't touch what they touch and don't breathe what they're breathing. And I, I won't lie, I'm really scared about that. Mm -hmm. I think that will be the biggest damage than any virus that's out there is breaking up humanity and and that's the core value I believe in this country is, is each other, you know, and, and is the more they break us up, the more damaging I, I think it can be and, and how important it is to be more close together. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is. That, mm -hmm. That's why you're here, Josh. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to I, give us I don't all, have the all the answers. <laughs> I, I have a certain percentage, small percentage of ideas, but I, I crave handshakes. Like I, I miss seeing my clients like in person and giving them just a firm handshake and like seeing them eye to eye and like connecting in that way. I, I miss that. I miss giving handshakes to anyone. And that's a need. Like we have this need to connect. And like you were saying too, Adam was, I, I find it happening in my own mind is like, I'm starting to see people like as enemies 
Like I walk, yeah. I walk by and Strangers. I'm like, I'm like, I have to, uh, like it, it's, there's a danger. Time out. Yeah. Not everyone feels that way. <laughs> it's just you too. It's just us too. No, but, but, <laughs> but like we have to, it, it seems like we could potentially get this virus and then spread it to the people that we love or be affected ourselves personally. And, and so how do you maintain, how do you make sure that the mental switch isn't turning to, I'm seeing other people as enemies how can I maintain safety I, while I love Adam connection? no matter what? Like, so all kidding aside, <laughs> Adam went on a cruise this year. So like, I just assumed like a week he, before the shutdown. Yeah, I just I assumed he was affected. I just assumed he was carrying. Was there's a good chance that yeah, because he mocked washy washy all the time. I'm like, that's a classic washy washy ship. Washy washy. I think Everyone's, we had the same boat, like the same guy. Washy washy. <laughs> yes. And so, uh, you know, and, and so, you know, we kid about that, but I also think about, you know, you talk about that person, Adam, that, you know, was potentially, you know, suicidal is, I also think about people personally too. Like, you know, do we, I don't know, I, it's hard for me. I kind of have blinders. I always give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And I think, but that's just my nature, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. I think I, I just follow my gut. I can tell whether they, have, you know, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, if this person's showing up, coughing up a lung, well, probably not going to be around that person. You know? Yeah. And, and actually, you know, part of about human, you know, human distancing is actually starting to listen to people, right? And so cutting out the noise of, hey, uh, you know, cutting out some of the noise of. As his phone was going off. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting out some Cutting out the noise. noise. <laughs> is, you know what? I was just thinking back. I was like, okay, what, what was Adam doing? What was Jeff doing? What was Mike doing? What, where have you guys been doing, right? Mm -hmm. And they're trying to, you know, at some of the states were starting to do like social tracking. Okay, Josh, where have you been? How many days were you there? Yeah. What time did you leave? What time did you come back in, right? And in, in an effort to track the virus and people pushed back on it within 24 hours. But I think if you listen to people, you also listen, you know what? I don't think Adam has it. If he would have, you know, I would have heard it a long time ago. And, and, and that's the other great thing about this quarantine op opportunity is people, and I think this is the same thing that why you bring so much value, not just to our podcast, but to the world, is, is a lot of times people just want someone to listen. And... We, we talk about it, right? And you, we grow up and, and if you have a loving mother, guess what she does? Mom, mom, right? We, we're, we're cultured to always, you know, be able to call out dad, mom, right? What we're doing is we're asking them to listen, right? And, you know, if you have a bunch of kids like Adam and I, Adam has a gaggle, I have a giggle. <laughs> you know, is <laughs> our younger kids, they start screaming. They scream all the time. And the reason being is like, hey, you know, as a parent, you watch it. You watch your older kids, you know, quip them real quick. Well, Josh, don't say that. Mom already knows. Mom already knows you. your homework's done. You know, they try to intercede. They're like our lieutenants, right? And you're like, hey, Give him a chance to talk. He just wants to speak his piece. And it mm -hmm. takes longer for them to speak. And so 
And, and I think just watching that as a parent, what do we? Do? That's just like society a lot of times. Oh, you know what, Josh? Here's a here's a here's a web link. Just go to the web link, right? And you know, you're like, I don't, I don't, I just needed. To, probably they just really needed to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't really don't need any jam. I don't need flour. I don't need sugar. No, but I just wanted to, just wanted to, you know, hear your voice. You know, I just wanted to just talk about baseball. Like I called a friend today, couldn't get him off the phone, and I think it was like, I think sometimes we just want to talk. And you know me, I, you know me, I don't like to talk that much, but on occasion, on occasion, I've been known to ramble. So there, there's a reason why we have two ears and one mouth. I, I, I mean, I, two of our greatest needs, one is to be seen. And part of being seen is being understood, having our internal experience and what we're going through be valued and understood by another human being. And somehow that's healing. Another aspect, another need that we have is for us to experience meaning in our life, something greater than just ourselves, just self-gratification. And so we need these, we, we have these two powerful needs of being seen and understood, and then also creating purpose and manifesting that in the world, seeing other people. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, I think during this time, if there's any any family issues, any relational issues, in spite of the physical distancing, there are still ways to be seen and heard. And now is the time to do it. This is a perfect time to do it like people are willing to be more vulnerable than they ever have before they're they're willing to step out of their comfort zone because they've been forced to and so if there's someone that's on your mind to reach out to make it happen like it will be a blessing to them in their their lives and you will be feel, fulfilling your need as well of of manifesting your purpose something greater than yourself helping someone else out by hearing them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Josh, this has been an awesome talk again. You'll definitely be on again. We're going to have this as a regular. You know? I, I actually, People are going to tune in. Well, you know what? We really hope that we're not taking business from you. If people just tune in every single month to Josh, it's like, man, I don't even have to go pay him and see him. Well, nope, that's a bad idea. Yeah. But actually, I, I hope they build value. So I think in totality, remember, I talk, I hope you felt like I was being vulnerable, Josh, and the fact that, you know what? I think a lot of times mental health issues, like on our first, in our first episode with uh, Certified Josh, that's going to, I think that's going to show name is going to be Certified, certified Josh. Is, uh, I like it. I like it. You know, is mental health gets overlooked so often. So bad. Right? And then, you know, leads to drugs, leads to alcohol, leads to other addictions. And a lot of times it's because these basic needs aren't being met. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, I that's why I love to have Josh committed on a monthly basis. Get him in here to give us some update. And just like we, you know, we have our nutritionists in here. We have some of our, our trainers in here. We've talked about financial health. We're going to have another finance. We have some more financial health coming. And I think sometimes that's really easy to talk to, right? We're like, oh, I can fix that really fast and easy. It's real logical, right? It's just numbers, right? There's no emotion attached to those. But as soon as you start attaching emotions to it, 
man, things get sticky and, yeah. and, and it gets harder. That knot gets, get, gets wound a lot tighter. I have to give one quick shout out really quick. Oh, absolutely. Which is to those either mothers or fathers or both that as their kids have come home and they've had school online, trying to navigate home life with all the family there. I've, I've talked to a few people where they've been coordinating with like 22 teachers trying to organize and help their kids and help teach their kids and help school. And so they're doing, they're taking on the normal mm-hmm. roles, their normal tasks, and they're being a full-time teacher. So I oh, just want to give a no, shout. And principal, <laughs> office manager, Count, counselor, counselor, PE teacher, PE teacher, janitor, music teacher. So I want to give a shout out awesome. to those individuals. Absolutely. I know yeah. those parents have worked hard. You know, I, something I want to say that I, I, I have a, I have a special place in my heart for therapists. And uh, if anyone out there who is maybe struggling or if this quarantine has brought up some new things in their life, uh, in the link of the bio, we have all of Josh's contact information. Uh, if Even if it's not Josh, I highly encourage you to find a therapist. Find someone that you can open up to, that you can talk to, a professional that, can, that knows how to not just hear you, but also to give that kind of advice. And it's unbiased. I love talking to my wife, but sometimes talking to someone that is not my wife that can give me the answers that I need in my life, it brings great value to me. Just like I like going to the gym and working out physically, going and seeing a therapist is working out your mind. It works out those mentals that you need to keep yourself balanced. There shouldn't be any shame. There shouldn't be any kind of stigma that, that goes along with it. If you need that help, find that help and it, your life becomes so much more enriched. So Josh's information is going to be there. You can connect with him. Uh, if that's not the right fit, you would agree that you got to find the right fit with the, your Completely. therapist. You find that right fit or th- that right fit. Josh can even help you out with that. I'm sure. And, yep. and there's other therapists out there, but maybe Josh is that right fit for you and you'll be able to talk to him and set up that appointment and get a one-on-one with him. So go down to our bio, check it out. The links are there. If if you're having any trouble with those, shoot us an email, and we will definitely send all information to you and uh, make sure that you can get the help that you need. Josh, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks this for having me. This has been awesome. It's been a good show so far, man. Thanks, Certified Josh. All right. <laughs> thank you so much, Josh. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the show, supporting the podcast. And please tell someone about the show. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in.